Utahns have kept KRCL plugged in for decades. Listener support keeps the music blasting and your head banging, your body bopping, your toes tapping, and your heart full. Turn it up and show your love for KRCL with a gift of support at krcl.org. Thanks. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones, and we're going to focus on punk rock farmers today because Aldine Strychnine joining me via the magic of Zoom. Hey, Aldine. Hey, great to be here. You know, it's not over yet. Uh, it might be getting cold. It might be frosty outside, but uh, we'll be talking with Allison Enerson about the farmer's market and what's going on with winter and uh, I know Cimbria uh, Patterson will be joining us, and we'll talk a little bit about Red Acre Center, uh, a little bit about legislation on the Hill, and a lot about the conference that's coming up. It's scheduled for the 13th through the 15th of January. Look forward to that every year. It's a big gathering. The, the farmers must gather. They oh, have. my gosh. That's already coming around again. The world keeps turning, Al. And Skywatcher Leo T. with as many cultures, one Sky Report. Three quick picks for a spooky road trip. With Jeremy Pugh, author of Secret Salt Lake City, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. But uh, let's start where we always start, fresh and homegrown. And you can't get fresher and more homegrown than what we're going to do right now, Aldine. You know, we talk music and we have the local artists on the show every week. We've got Talia Keys with us tonight. Hey, Talia. Really excited for this new single that doesn't drop till the 26th, but you've agreed to start the show with this tonight. Tell us about this song. Yeah, this is my brand new track called Ain't Got Time For This, and it's my call to action. Uh, the only time that is guaranteed to us is now. And so it's my song saying, yo, all these distractions, all of this right wing, left wing, all of this hatred and judgment, it's a waste of our time. And what we need to do is just get to action, live in our lives, fighting for our human rights, and now is the time. And so I just kind of feel this urgency uh, so that's why I wrote that song. And then it developed a little more to talk about opiate addiction as well. Um, having lost my father about four years ago to an overdose, uh, it's something that's very, it just hits so close to home. And seeing how our country treats drug users and the lack of treatment, I should say, um, I just, we need to change, you know, we need to change. Humans are humans. Everybody deserves a chance. Uh, and so for me, it was kind of closure in a way uh, with losing my dad to be able to write this and say, uh, you know, opiate addictions fueled by big par pharma prescriptions. Uh, you'll hear the words. You can listen. But the main the main thing of the song is ain't got time for this. Like we have time for life. And that's about it. Tell you we're getting a first look tonight, right? Yeah, this is, you all are getting the premiere exclusive. This is not going to be released until the 26th on all platforms, by the way. Uh, but I wanted Radioactive, my favorite program, to get the chance to premiere this music to you all. And I just can't wait. You know, we have a full horn section. We've got my band, The Love, on the track. Um, and we're just so excited. We started recording this during COVID and finished it during COVID 
praise the Lord, um, <laughs> you know, and so I just feels really good to be done with the project and to get it out to the world. Well, you know, folks, Talia Keys is also a KRCL DJ early Sunday mornings, midnight to 2 a.m. So I'm glad we're getting to preview this before anybody on the station. And thank you so much, KRCL. It's a dream come true to be a DJ. This is something I used to pretend when I was a little kid in my bathtub. I used to put on radio shows. And so it's just kind of funny to see it come full circle. And now I'm making it at home about 10 feet away from my bathtub. So it works out great. Um, And I do want to say I have a very, very special Halloween show planned. It's Radiothon, and it is also my year anniversary of my show. So definitely tune in on Halloween night at midnight. So come on up. Uh, We're going to talk about your uh, Halloween bash you're playing at the Commonwealth Room. We're going to talk about this film festival you're in California for and the awards you're getting for a new video, um, all sorts of things. Stick around, folks. Where can people catch up with the single when it drops, though? If you just go to my website, TaliaKeys.com, you can get any link to any of your favorite platforms. Talia Keys with the new single, Ain't Got Time for This, fresh and homegrown on KRCL, exclusively right here.
can help folks in need in our community this winter by donating new and gently used cold weather clothing to nonprofits like the Road Home and Volunteers of America. To find a clothing drive and drop off info, visit krcl.org. Support for KRCL comes from the Mobile Moon Co-op, a female and queer collective and mobile apothecary offering handcrafted herbal products, teas, and cultural events and workshops. More information at mobilemooncoop.org or on social media platforms at Mobile Moon Co-op. It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here. As we climb into the sky with our own eyes, we can see the waning gibbous moon. That's between full and half, when Luna is in the phase where its visible surface is shrinking every night until it's a new moon and hiding. Then growing back to full, at any rate, the moon or luna shines in the east after dark, and binoculars will help you look to its upper left and find the sublime Pleiades, or Seven Sisters, which right now looks like a twinkly kite flying with its tail trailing below. See the sky chart on the Skywatcher site for all of this program, as well as some great photographs. Also easy to spot is bright big orange Capella. It's a few clicks to the left of the moon. And then on Saturday, the moon shines magically near a big, beautiful reddish star in Taurus the Bull, blinking at you, known as Aldebaran, the Eye of the Bull. And by midnight, Orion, the King of Kites, is clearing the eastern horizon. On Skywatcher Leo T, it's many cultures, one sky. As we talk about the moon, we delve into some of the interesting images people all over the world have of the mares, or seas of the moon. In many cultures, including the Chinese zodiac, the rabbit is a lunar creature with feminine energies and whose outline can be seen in the face of the full moon. Many Native American cultures, the rabbit myths tell of the hare returning the sun to the sky and restoring warmth, which I think we can all use a little bit of warmth along with the nice moisture we've been getting. On the Skywatcher side, the rabbit in a painting by Susan Saden Boulay and published by Pomegranate Communication shows a moon goddess venerated by the Ergic peoples of western Siberia. Although this goddess can assume many forms, the rabbit's her favorite. And let's take the little Skywatcher spaceship out a little further to visit the JPL NASA Mars rover called Perseverance. It is getting ready for a little trip, a little fresh round of exploration on the Jezero Crater region after helping confirm the ancient giant lake and riverbed in the Isidius Plantia 
just north of the equator in the eastern hemisphere of Mars. Check out the Skywatcher site for a cool map. As promised, we continue with our 3 billion mile voyage to Pluto on New Horizons. The first Earth probe that we know of anyway, except that maybe by the Aztecs or, or somebody, to explore Pluto. New Horizons not only checked out Pluto, but its moons. That's right, five moons. The biggest, Sharon, is in a tight dance orbiting with Pluto and has a few surprises of its own. Spanning half the moon is an enormous canyon, Argo Chasma, that is almost twice as long as the Grand Canyon and has possibly the highest cliffs in the solar system. Pluto. Well, we'll check the young, surprising geology next time and at some point uh, get New Horizons out another billion miles or so to a weird, knocked-out space rock. We've been heading there for a couple of weeks, but we will get there. It's many cultures, one sky, as we look up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Many cultures, one sky with Skywatcher Leo T. Of course, check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page and all the uh, sky lore that he puts up there as well. And my thanks to Leo. He does that as a volunteer for Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And now, Al, it's time to check one last time on the summer market, which is coming to a close this weekend, Aldine. Yeah, Allison Enison is with us from the Downtown Alliance, head honcho at the Downtown Farmer's Market and the Winter's Farmer's Market. Um, what's going on, Allison? This is the last one. Are you excited for it? <laughs> I am always excited and sad at the same time. Um, <clears throat> it's been a good season. It's been you know, we added an extra week, so it does get tend to feel uh, long. So we're always happy to pop that bottle of champagne after the market's over and celebrate uh, another successful season. So, yeah, with, and there's still a ton of produce. Um, a lot of people did save and cover their tomatoes, so you can still get tomatoes. You can still get um, all that good stuff that you want, peppers and cucumbers and stuff like that. And also now is the perfect time to stock up on your potatoes, your onions, your garlic, your squashes, your hard squashes, and of course, pumpkins for Halloween. Don't forget your pumpkins. Um, it's the best, really, a, really a fun time of the year at the market. And this year, the market celebrated 30 years. That's a, that's quite a milestone. It is quite a milestone. Yeah, 30 seasons in Pioneer Park. And uh, it was that's a great hurdle for us. We're not the oldest market in town. We're, we're the second oldest market in town. Um, but we're definitely the biggest and to keep this train rolling and growing for 30 years is really something. Um, I didn't start out here, uh, but I'm really proud to be at the helm at, at this point because it's, I think it's still a market with a lot of integrity and a really diverse uh, population, not just of vendors, but also of patrons and um, our amazing double up and snap program where that we can serve the community with that program. And hopefully next year we'll bring back our veggie valet and our bike valet and our market kids program and all those kind of things that got shut down during COVID. So God willing in the Creek don't rise, we will be back to normal uh, for 2022. What's the plan for winter? That is a great question. We have had some hiccups um, in location. Obviously, Rio Grande Depot is still being repaired um, from the earthquake. So we went to the Gateway last year, had a great space there. Um, that space that we used last year, unfortunately, was leased out. Um, so we have another space that's being demoed. So we'll be back on the north end of the Gateway. And probably we will be outside on the courtyard for the first week. And that, so we might be sort of shifting around that north end of the gateway a little bit, but 
we're going to make it work. Um, usually, you know, historically, it's like 57 degrees and sunny on opening day. Now, it'll be 44 and a blizzard because I just said that out loud. <laughs> and La Nina. But, you know, it's November cold, not January cold. So I think we're going to make it work. And um, we'll have all the great stuff you've come to expect from the winter market. November 13th from so 10 November. to 2 p.m. So, so a little bivouac might be in order, but but still the show goes on. The show goes on. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was it never got above like 44 and rained all day. So we, we do it in the summer. It's just, you know, traditionally we don't do it in the winter, but I think it's going to be fine. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for that. Uh, I love that climate change. Just keep the summer going until the end of November. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it'll be great. Stock up for your Thanksgiving table once winter market opens in November at the Gateway, Allison. That's right. I'm one of those crazy people that actually bakes fresh pumpkin to make pumpkin pie. And I get my turkey from Old Home Place. Um, they have a great heritage version, uh, heritage breed, and then they have some broad-breasted breeds. So if you want a locally grown turkey, that's really easy to do. Um, you know, I, everything that you need for your Thanksgiving table, pretty much you can get at the winter market. And supporting local, Aldine. Yes, always. I mean, you know, that now's the time, uh, the big push at the end of the season. But like Allison said, you can still get all the stuff that stores for the winter. So the market's a place to be. Allison, That's right. What's the website? We are at slcfarmersmarket.org. Definitely follow us on Insta. Um, that's where you're going to see the most up-to-date information on um, what opening day is going to look like. But we're definitely opening on November 13th, and we're really excited about it. I'm excited for a couple of Saturdays off. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> it's always nice to get winter market going. Um, we now operate 20, 40-something weeks out of the year. So we're almost all year round, not quite. And uh, this helps us get, you know, push closer to getting a year-round uh, uh, facility, which we are working on, um, continuing to push the public market project. Um, we'll be doing some work at the legislative level on that this uh, this winter next year. So it's a lot of exciting things in the fire, a lot of really great momentum and energy behind that project as well. So that's great news. And in the meantime, one last time tomorrow, what are the hours and give us the address again? 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pioneer Park, 350 West, 300 South. Um, the weather should be pretty decent, might be a little rainy in the afternoon. So come early. Um, and get everything you need. Stock up. It's a really fun day to be at the market. We'll be giving away little pumpkins and, uh, you know, hugging all your favorite vendors till you see them next year. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, guys. So, folks, just one more day at the Farmer's Market. Check tonight's show notes for a link. And, Al, before we get to another song from Talia Keys, how about three quick picks for a spooky road trip? Hi, this is Jeremy Pugh. I'm the co-author of Secret Salt Lake City, a guide to the weird, wonderful, and obscure, with my three quick picks for exploring the city during the spookiest time of year. My first pick, I'd like to invite you to discover the story of Utah's Black Dahlia. Just after midnight on February 22nd, 1930, the body of Dorothy Dexter Moormeister, age 32, was found on the western edge of Salt Lake City. She had repeatedly been run over by her own car. She was last seen entering the Hotel Utah, now the Joseph Smith Memorial Building downtown, at around 6 p.m. Her husband, Dr. Frank Moormeister, was a wealthy physician and abortionist for the local brothels, much older than she was. Uh, she had what they called at the time an active social life and many young suitors, including uh, an Arabian prince, actually. Another suitor, Charles Peter, was a prime suspect along with her husband, 
but her murder was never solved. My second pick is the the resting place of Porter Rockwell, famous frontier figure, also nicknamed the destroying angel of Mormondom. Uh, Rockwell was the loyal bodyguard of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and once infamously said, I never killed anyone who didn't need killing. He's a very interesting character here in Utah. Before the Latter-day Saint immigration to Utah, Rockwell was implicated in the assassination attempt of Missouri Governor Lyburn Boggs. When Joseph Smith was asked how he knew Rockwell was innocent, he famously said, he, Boggs, the governor, is still alive, isn't he? Smith told Rockwell that if he never cut his hair, no bullet or blade could harm me. That's a direct quote. And despite his violent life, Rockwell died of natural causes and is now buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. His tombstone is inscribed, he was brave and loyal to his faith, true to the prophet Joseph Smith, a promise made him by the prophet through obedience, it was fulfilled. So he never cut his hair. Finally, I want to share with you the tale of the exile of Jean Baptiste. In the 1850s, kind of a drifter named Jean Baptiste, presumably of French origin, came to Salt Lake City and found a job as the city's grave digger. So we're back up at the Salt Lake Cemetery here. It was discovered he had been stealing clothes and jewelry from the bodies that he was supposed to be burying. It's an especially heinous act that offended LDS beliefs about resurrection. Baptiste is thought to have desecrated more than 300 graves. Because Baptiste hadn't committed a capital crime, authorities decided his punishment was to be exile. Baptiste was rowed out to Fremont Island in the Great Salt Lake and left to die on the harsh, exposed landscape. Weeks later, authorities checked on the island to find Baptiste had disappeared. His remains have never been found, although many have looked. You can visit Antelope Island State Park, which has views of Fremont Island, to explore the terrain where Baptiste was last seen. Again, I'm Jeremy Pugh, the author of Secret Salt Lake City, which you can find at your local library, or The King's English, or Ken Sanders' Rare Books by Local, as well as online, my site, 100thingsslc.square.site. And this has been my three quick picks on KRCL. Thank you, Jeremy. Check out that spooky road trip. Hey, Al, let's get one more song from our featured local artist tonight, Talia Keys, who's got a gig coming up on October 30th, the 10th annual Halloween Bash, an evening with Talia Keys and the love at the Commonwealth Room. How you doing, Talia, out there in California? Having a great time, but, you know, getting really excited for our one and only show. Uh, We are definitely not going to be playing a bunch of shows this winter, Uh, but this is our 10th annual Halloween Bash. And if you know me, you know I like all things spooky and creepy. So we spend hours upon hours decorating the venue. We pick a hand curated playlist to play for you. And we just go all out and our fans do too. You know, people love to dress up in costumes and I just can't wait. I, I've missed people so much during COVID. And we did this show last year, but it was a live stream. So you play this awesome song and then you end and it's completely silent Crickets. in the theater. Crickets. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing on the planet. But so it feels really good to see people's eyes again. And why I say eyes, because our show will be masked. It's not mask optional. It is mask. You have to wear it. It's an indoor venue. We are also requiring vaccination cards and or a negative COVID test to attend. You've had a theme in the past. Is there a theme or are you just going to rock out? This theme is our music. Since we are about to release a whole new album, we wanted to be able to play our music. And since it's been, you know, Over a year since we've done this, it's like, no, we want to bring you our music. But we also have a couple of special covers per usual plan. So, you know, there's always that. Al, have you seen the uh, flyer for it? Because it totally creeps me out. This little, 
I don't like Chucky, and this is like a creepy doll, Talia. You should see my collection of baby dolls. It's <laughs> it's, it's grown to about two giant totes of baby dolls. Well, uh, but I want to shout out to my artist, Gabriella Hunter. She does yes. a lot of great work around Utah and beyond. And I just, all I wrote to her was, please make it creepy. And that's what I got back. So the Commonwealth coming up on the 30th, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for tickets. And stick around, folks, we're going to talk about uh, film award that Talia Keys and the Love just received. In fact, that's why you're in California. But why don't you pick something from your back catalog to share? And let's share that now. Yeah, this song is called Dirt Farmer. And, you know, all my songs are extremely personal, like usual. And this one is the story of my mother's line. So I start with my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother, who literally were dirt farmers. My great-grandfather was sold this fake lie, as well as most people in Gibo, Montana, that the railroad was going to bring rain with it. And so they got all these people into farming in eastern Montana where there is no rain and basically lost everything. Um, and so, But seeing how my grandfather, my great-grandfather still persevered against everything and ended up making bathtub gin and doing okay that way, uh, and then how my great-grandmother was just so cool. She did all of the auditing for everybody in town. She was also the teacher, and she also ran a hotel. And so she was the businesswoman, and then my great-grandfather was the musician. And he's the one that went to the bars and played his fiddle at night, you know, and his wife had to do all the working and taking care of everything. So it was kind of cool for me to see the different dichotomy of my family. Um, and then, you know, I, the next verse moves on to my grandfather and my grandmother. And then the next verse is about my mom. And it's just kind of how the people who came before me made me who I am. Talia Keys with Dirt Farmer, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. Great grandpappy was a fiddle man, made bathtub booze, tried as hard as he can. Salt of the earth, straight shooting man. You're farming dirt, you do the best that you can. My great grandmammy raised more than her kids. Taught young minds, she did what she did. A small town mom with the mind of the world. Worked hard for a living, a straight shooting girl who worked hard to survive. They worked hard for their life. They worked hard each day and night And they worked hard just to get by Granddaddy is a brilliant man Ninety years old, still does what he can Self-made and a businessman Travel the land, tell you grateful I
my mom She plays the keys Inspired my life Supported my dreams Grow up fast and work all day Raise two kids Made time to play KRCL, your source for diverse music and information since 1979. Thanks for tuning in to 90.9. Whether we're a constant companion on your daily commute or your first-time listener looking for some sweet jams, we're happy to have you here. When you listen to KRCL, you're connected to so many others right here in Utah through music. Help us continue to be a beacon in the community and make your gift today at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive Punk Rock Farmer Friday Style. I'm Laura Jones, and let's get an update from our friends down in southern Utah, Aldine. Yes, today, Cimbria is with us, and from Red Acre Center and Red Acre Farm, CSA. They got a lot going on down in Cedar City, don't they, Cimbria? Yeah, we're busy. It's good. It's good busy. So you guys have been really busy the whole time and since this pandemic hit. You guys have been taken on the task and have been succeeding with feeding a lot of people in your community. Yeah, we, we, it's been good. People loved coming out to the farm stand during COVID. It was a safe place where, you know, a couple touch points, they could shop by themselves. No one else was in there. And, um, or they could get curbside too, but I think it was really great for people who wanted to get out. You know, they could walk the farm and it, it's been good. I, we feel like we've been kind of a refuge for a lot of people. So. It's awesome stuff. Laura, you want to say something? I was just thinking, you know, um, down there in Cedar City, you guys have grown so much. Remind folks where you are and how big the farm is. So we're at two acres, but thanks to a grant from um, Salt Lake urban from the farmer's market, as everyone knows them, but the urban farm, (laughs) can't say it, you know, Allison. Urban food connection. Yes. Thank you. Um, (laughs) They gave us a grant and I wish I could show you we're up to six high tunnels and we're putting in another big one and we're taking double up bucks and snap really focusing on the vegetables, even though we have the commercial kitchen now do a lot of prepared food and um, we just, this, this area has grown. There's, you know, California's moved in and they're look, they just love the fact that there's this, you know, self-serve honor system and that it's different, you know, it's different and small and 
we feel big, but we're small comparison to most people who and where they're coming from. So that's so awesome. I'm I really I'm really glad you guys are doing really good with it down there. Orders of business. There's there's a big order of business, and uh, it it goes with the name Food Farm and Food Conference 2022, and it's coming up in January on the 13th and 15th. Um, last year we did one and we survived it and it was amazing. The farmers have to gather. I wish I had that little, that little saying. And that you quote? know, okay, stand by. I got the quote. Farmers and ranchers have always gathered to support one another to exchange seed and wisdom, maintaining the vital annual thread of fertility and abundance that we were put here on earth to steward. No one can stop us from our task. I just got a warm feeling inside. <laughs> Is that a quote by you, by chance, Cimbria? Oh, I wish. No. I, I, <laughs> I think it came from our BD cowboy friends from... Uh, Lloyd, the biodynamic cowboy. Yeah, Brooke. It came from Brooke, not Lloyd. Okay, Brooke yeah. LeVan. Brooke LeVan. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So these are guys that spoke at the conference last year. And this year, there's actually... They're not having their big conference. It isn't anymore the biodynamic conference. And these are some of the folks we're thinking of having here come here to Cedar in January. So we're going to do a, uh, because the biodynamic conference isn't happening anymore, that's a decades old conference, we're, we want to make sure to really offer a lot. We're going to offer a track, well, there will be a pre-conference for home gardeners, and then hopefully Brooke and um, Lloyd will be back. They were not here last year because of COVID. We didn't have anybody who came farther than you know, just local Utah folks, but they'd been here for years before and we're really excited. Those guys definitely are the authority on, you know, what's happening this side of the Mississippi with biodynamics. And we, we really want people to know about that. And we want people who have, couldn't, who won't have that conference to go to this year to have somewhere to go. So just a little while back, we, we inoculated your farm with oh, a biodynamics serum or potion or whatever you want to call it and it was a pretty it was pretty cool event let's tell people a little bit about that so al provided the music he played stir it up (laughs) i i can't sing so i won't even hum it but it was stir it up yes while they're while they're stirring up uh manure that came from the inside of a horn or whatever it came whatever it was No, it was, it was great. And then we all had a little paintbrush and a little bit of this stuff. And we went and we swashed the farm with it. We, we just dipped it in and went like holy water all over the farm with a paintbrush. I like that. That's exactly what it is. It was really cool. (laughs) It was really cool. And a homeopathic amount. It's spiritual farming. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Laura? Is there a theme for the conference in January, the 13th to 15th in Cedar City? We'll put a link in the show notes. From the novice to the veteran grizzled farmer, everyone's welcome. Yes, homesteader. Everyone is welcome. And we really, I mean, that was our whole goal in starting this conference was if you're in the South, you feel like, you know, sometimes you just feel like you're in two states. But if the North helps the South, then we could have a really we we could have a really different southern Utah. So 
our kids, people have said, why don't you do it up north? And I'm like, because you guys have everything up there. <laughs> and the south isn't going to go to the north. So, you know, I feel like I just I think it's I think it's important that they come to the less populated area because you guys do have so much and that we get them away from there. So they're you know, you're you're away from home, you're away from the farm, you're away from your work and, you know, you get to gather, be a little more social, pay attention a little more. So we that that we're very Utah centric. We really, really want to focus on that. Not that Nevada, you know, Colorado folks aren't welcome, but we just um, it's so it's for our, our state. That's how we feel. So so Red Acre Center, let's talk about that a little bit and how it's the driving force behind the conference. But what's your ethos for the center? We, you know, like I said, we want to connect. We want to connect people in Utah. And did we talk about the guild? Out? Not yet. No. <laughs> Can I talk about that now? Yes. <laughs> I think it's really important. We realized this. Had we been more established, I think they would, you know, we would have felt like a Zoom meeting would have worked. But because we had only done the conference and we had done that one event that Laura went to up north in Spanish Fork. The idea is the dream would be that there's a guild in every county. But right now we're going to do one in the north and one in the south. And it will be up to them, you know, not a lot of rules, not a lot of guidelines other than our nonprofit, you know, is there for them and that we offer support and that they'll get together, have a potluck, have a speaker, talk about, you know, insects or, you know, whatever they want to talk about. What What's the next, you know, what's the next challenge or what are we dealing with? And so that those people have a place to go. They can talk about what they feel they need legislatively and bring it back to us because we can't, you know, we can't hear everything. But if the smaller the group meets, the more it can connect back to the, to our bigger, you know, to us. And then we can be more helpful to, you know, we, not just farmers. I say that all the time, but artists and producers as well, like, you know, micro kitchens and, and people who want to do value added and. And connect with the the local growers, whether it's in the north or the south part of the state. So you're announcing a new guild project. And can people get more details on your website? Our website is a work in progress. Um, (laughs) But eventually. Laura, I I think we've all lost a year. But you guys, when KRCL sponsored the mixer, that was actually the guild's mixer. You guys sponsored it, but the guild had done it, did it the two years. Obviously we didn't do that last year. And they did, they got all those farmers that served at that fundraiser in Spanish Fork. So I guess it's not a new idea. Um, Mariana has been working on um, for uh, Mar- Yeah. Mariana has been in charge of the one up North and it's, I guess you could just say it's been simmering. We just feel like things are kind of opening up and a little bit safer and people are feeling like, you know, they could get together. So I guess it's it's just been kind of sitting on the back burner through COVID is really a better way than saying it's a new idea. So you said Mari- Mariana and uh, Mariana from Snuck Farm is who you're yes. talking about, but I'm not sure folks know who she is. She's run Snuck. She, I mean, she's been a big part of Snuck Farm for years now. I don't know, seven years. I don't even know how long she's been there. And um, she spoke at the conference last year. And she's, you know, she's been involved in her state in Washington and, and she has, she has much bigger ideas for the guilt, but the, you know, the premise is, is that there'll be a place for people to meet 
that farm and be able to discuss current topics. And, uh, and she's really, if she, if you, she's really excited about it when she talks about it, uh, you know, maybe you guys should have her on sometime. Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get Mariana from Snuck Farms on to, to explain this a bit more. Now the, the Utah Farm and Food Conference, January 13th through the 15th is right before the legislative session. And you guys usually come up here and uh, do some good trouble work at the Capitol. What's happening? We, we just, I, you know what? We kind of feel like, wow, the heavy lifts are done. Not that there isn't still work to do. And that's part of the reason we really were talking about the Guild. Are there things we haven't thought of? Are there other things that people feel they need help with? The most important thing is, is that we're there and we have a presence there so that there are, like we saw last year, well, whether they do it on purpose or not, your bill can, whatever work you've done can go away just as, you know, it can be a, a monument one year and it's not a monument the next year and it's a monument the next year. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about? You've got to hang in there. You've got to just keep the fight up regardless of whether it's in your favor or not. And Sometimes wait it out and wait till you get what you want again. Allison is on the show here too, too tonight. And she said they're going to have some stuff going on with legislation this year, too, up on the Hill. So we'll all be up there together fighting the, fighting the system, let's call it. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. The more voices, the better. I mean, she, you know, she was really behind getting the money for the Double Up Bucks program. She was really... You know, she worked hard on that. And I, I know they had another lobbyist from the Heart Association, but the more voices we can have up there and the more, you know, people saying, hey, local food is important and small farmers are important and small producers are important and farmers markets are important. We, yeah, I, I'm really excited. Since last year, we've been, I've been talking to Bill McDormand a little bit. And today I got a message from his wife that said he just might be coming to the conference. And this is really exciting stuff because Bill McDormand is like seed guru guy and a lot of people really like me <laughs> really like I can't I I would love to see him in person speak I would really love to so this this might happen this could be in the works we're gonna have the big old uh, seed exchange we're gonna have the dinner the farm to fork dinner there's gonna be a mixer everything is on the schedule for this concert correct for for this conference, yeah, correct? Yes, you should do that. Yes. We, I mean, you know, we've been watching what's been happening and, uh, you know, you were there last year. We really sized it down. We took out all the fun stuff. So we're, we want to make sure that happens this year. And we're going to go back to what we had planned for the last conference that we weren't able to do. We were able to have our conference in 2020 because it was in January. So we didn't skip 2020. We skipped 2020. 20, we changed 2021 up. We're, we're excited to be able to do the full thing again, the farm tour and the pre-conferences. And, you know, we took out the mixer last year. We took out fights and beverages. We just sized it down, you know. And, oh, we took out a whole day. It was just one night and then the next day. So, yeah. And the seed exchange, I think, will be forever different because of what you did last year. Aw, then what what do you mean by that? Tell folks what you mean well, by that. We kind of had it, I think it was like a small breakout one year and then it was a little bigger kind of during lunch the next year. But last year for spacing out purposes, we were in that big airplane hangar 
um, we did the seed exchange. To be able to do the seed exchange, you wanted to be able to, for people to have space. So we did it in there and we just did it with the whole group. I, I don't know if we'll be able to do that as if the numbers increase again. I don't know. I, I don't know how people can plan conferences. We were almost up to 300. We capped it and limited it, everyone included, everyone working, everyone. There was not more than 100 people there. Last year. So I don't know what to expect this year. Yeah. You know, the, the giving, uh, having it in the, in the hangar with everyone there right before the dinner, you had everyone, we had everyone captivated or was it after the dinner? It was right after the dinner, right? Yes, I think we made sure to feed people first. First. <laughs> and a yeah. and hundred people came up and took seed from, for their garden all over the state. And I want to thank James Loomis too, because he, he stewarded that seed and gave some to us. And this year, I'm going to go help him next week do some, um, we're going to be putting up seed from a lot of different things. So I think this year I'll have maybe a few more seeds in my little pack that I bring down there too. And I'm really excited for it. My, this is my favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing. And even just growing food is, is the, I say it all the time. It's the embryonic journey. It reminds me of the hot tuna song, the embryonic journey. It's acoustic. It's a really cool old song, but um, boy, oh boy, I, I look forward to that for sure. And then uh, what else, Cimbria, what else can you add that, um, I mean, tell folks where you, where you're at and how they can get, how they can get in touch with you. Any kind of volunteers you might need for this yeah. thing, stuff like that. So we, we have our website where we're, you know, I feel like, I feel like the center is always, it's always cooking. It just might be simmering or boiling. I feel like, you know, when the conference is going, when the session's going, and then, you know, Sarah and I are driving force at the center. So we end up back at the farm when it's that season. But I just, I have to say one more thing about that seed exchange. I mean, we've had Joel Salatin, right? We've had Elliot Coleman. Of all the comments, and maybe it was because it was COVID, I have had more comments, letters, emails, about that seed from that seed exchange where people felt like they brought some hope home or they felt like they connected with people where they had felt so, you know, people were kind of down. There was a lot of, you know, little depression. People were kind of bummed last year, but people who showed up felt like that. I just, that was just like a ray of sunshine. And people talked about how that seed made a difference and people to, I, we got, um, just, just, I, I'd have, I'd have to look up some of the emails where somebody said, what's this thing we grew or who, how did I get this? Or I need to talk to so-and-so who handed me this and Joseph Lofthouse, you know, he, and there's been some, that, that has just kind of resonated ever since last year. And I, you know, it's, it's a really important piece that I think we kind of did as a side thing and it was more important than we realized. So. Well, I'm sure Joseph will come back again too. I'll I'll put a bug in his ear, so we can be there to, and maybe we'll get Dale. Maybe we can get Dale to come too, and we can have all the big seed seed exchangers there, and maybe we can get somebody from the Ogden Seed Exchange to come. Let's see. I'll try. Uh, that'll be part of my part of my task is to get to bolster that up. So, what is the website where people can sign up for this conference, the Utah Farm and Food Conference? January 13th through the 15th, 2022. It'll be when it is on, we'll announce it on social media, but it'll be at redacrecenter.org. 
And when do you think ticket sales will open up? For sure by November 1st. Great. That's just around the corner. Sambria, it's so good to see you. Send me a picture with the goats. about that today. I'm like, I was going to bring up the goats. Come see them. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. It was good to be on again. And that's our good friend, Cimbria Patterson from Red Acre Center, people. Al, it's time to wrap the show. We've got one more song here from Talia Keys, And she's in California today where we've reached her to talk about uh, this award that she's got, Al. And this week we have superstar in our community, Talia Keys, And she's actually in California living it up, like (laughs) doing film stuff. What's up with that, Talia? How's it going, y'all? Um, it's so good to be here on my favorite KRCL program, Radio Active, my favorite cooking companion. Um, <laughs> it's, it's awesome to be here uh, in California soaking up this sunny sun. I went to Disneyland yesterday, y'all. What lived my childhood wildest dreams. Um, we had such a good time, but we're actually out here on work. Uh, one of our music videos, um, Milan, my partner, who is also partnering crime uh, creating music videos with me and all sorts of things for our for what we do. Uh, she submitted it to a bunch of film festivals, and we actually got into a film festival, and then we actually won our category. That which is, is something so cool. we just didn't know. We were just aiming for the shot, the stars, and it worked out. And so I'm proud to announce that our song "Guns Out" in the music video for it won Best Musical Short Film at the Hollywood Women in Film Festival. That is so congratulations. Cool. Wow, that's that's so awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. And you shot that all around Utah, around some family farms too. Yeah. Speaking of spooky places in Utah, we went to, you know, an almost abandoned ghost town, Eureka, Utah, and filmed in a bunch of, you know, abandoned places and buildings. We filmed at the Alpine Loop. We went up to Little Cottonwood Canyon and got the beautiful leaves changing up there. And so it's kind of my ode to the old West and my ode to nature. Um, and it's, it's a love story, you know? So we made a pretty sweet music video starring myself as well as my backup singer, Lisa Giacoletto. Fresh and homegrown KRCL guns out by Talia Keys right here on KRCL 90.9 FM.
come home The ice is melted, I'm ready to go with you If you would 